The following is a hoop ball presentation. Yo, yo, yo! Welcome to another edition of Round Ball Ramble. I'm your host Corbin Ford. You can find me on Twitter at Corbin NBA C O R B A N N B A. This is a hoop ball presentation so you know where to check out hoop ball hoop dash ball.com online or on twitter at hoop ball tweets definitely make sure to check them out because the content don't stop just because fantasy basketball is over it really don't i'm not even joking with you stuff's coming out all the time there's great plays the hoop ball 360 something is still around uh just check it out i mean you're, you're missing out if you don't <laughs> i don't even know what else you want me to say but listen let's let's, let's get down to business uh playoffs are still a thing. Lakers are up two games to one over the Suns. The Bucks are on the verge of sending the Heat home with a clean sweep, which wouldn't be that bad because game four, soon to come, is going to be in Miami. And, you know, currently, I'm still recording, this is late, 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 but, you know, the shootout that is Nuggets versus Blazers is still going on. But we're just going to start with Lakers versus Suns because, come on, that's one of the bigger playoff series so far. I mean, you take that game and you take um, the Knicks versus Hawks. Those are the two most compelling series. And, you know, you have injuries to look into. You have what happened with Chris Pawn, that right stinger in his shoulder. Also, you know, later termed a right contusion. You have LeBron James still working his way back from his ankle injury. Which role players will step up? What about Devin Booker? How did that all turn out? Well, you know, we're just going to talk about right now. But the Lakers got the win. Got the win at home, first win in L.A. in Staples Center since 2012. Remember, they went a long drought without making the playoffs. Um, and then, you know, they they um, the first win because they got swept the next year against the Spurs in that first round. So you get swept against the Spurs, don't make the playoffs for six seasons. Then, you know, 2020, the, the bubble, everything happened there. So you understand kind of how they got to that spot. But Anthony Davis and LeBron James are a story of... Game three, just like they're the story of game two. Anthony Davis scored 34 points. LeBron James just looked the healthiest he's been. Uh, just the healthiest I've seen. I mean, he was making shots. He was talking up on uh, Jay Crowder. He was kind of embarrassing him a little bit there. Um, he was just solid for for the Lakers. And he had 21. Uh, for the Suns, I mean, it was a tight first half. Uh, you know, the Lakers had a, a narrow lead over the Suns, but then they outscored Phoenix 33-23 to 23 in the third quarter. Phoenix, uh, they were down big in that, you know, last period. They, they chipped away. They tried, but they just couldn't catch L.A. Um, Paul played 27 minutes, you know, dealing with a shoulder injury, uh, and had slightly better production than he had in Game 2. 7 points, 5 rebounds, 6 assists, but let's be real. Paul's not right. You can tell. His jump shot looked better, but this time it looked like his touch was off. Like, he was able to get his shoulders over his head to release that jumper. He got decent elevation on it, you know, coming around picks, pulling up around that, you know, foul line area to go for that jumper. It looked okay, but you could still see something was wrong in the construction of the jumper because at the very end of it, it was more like he was kind of throwing it up, you know? He had some miss, a long, 
um, or some missed short, one missed really just uncharacteristically long on the other side of the backboard. Just very much not a Chris Paul miss, much less a Chris Paul shot. So he just wasn't right. He did grab a few rebounds, uh, six to seven points. He was there. Uh, DeAndre Ayton led all scores of 22 points, and that was solid. You wonder, uh, well, with all that being said, why haven't I not brought up Devin Booker? Well, Devin Booker did not have himself a super great game. One, he got ejected with a flagrant two uh, toward the end for pushing Dennis Schroeder while he was in the air, which I get it. You're frustrated. You know, you're down. There's been a lot of chippiness. You're not going to win the game. You're losing big. That's Bush League. No reason for that. While he's in the air, a two-handed shove? No. That's not cool. Dennis Schroeder could have gotten seriously hurt. Of course, he didn't. He rolls over, does the push-ups, the crowd cheers, that sort of thing. But he gets ejected. And Jay Crowder, who also didn't exactly rush to help Schroeder as Schroeder went flying into him, he kind of just let him drop. But then he also did more chatting after the fact, and he also got ejected. But going back to Devin Booker, 31% from the field, 25% from three, 19 points, six assists, four rebounds. He shot six of 19 from the field. Uh, went okay from the free throw line, but didn't get there too much. Only six of seven from there. All in all, the Suns just weren't super great. Um, Mikel Bridges, he played 34 minutes in a time when Devin Booker was off, and Chris Paul just really couldn't even shoot. Still didn't take a three since the injury, by the way. Chris Paul hasn't. So... Just further evidence of him being hampered. Anyway, Mikel Bridges goes through the entire game with only six points, only attempting five shots. Who steps up when Dem Booker and Chris Paul are down? Right now is DeAndre Ayton. Still effective. 22 points, like I mentioned. 11 rebounds, 11 of 15 from the field. But that's it. Jay Crowder, 2 of 9. 1 of 7 from 3. He is now 1 of 20 from 3 this this series. Cameron Payne was a spark off the bench, 15 points, 6 of 11 from the field, 3 of 5, 6 assists. Again, he he keyed a rally for the Suns. I didn't quite go all the way there, but the fact that he's shown just such a maturation as a player, uh, just heady, strong, gutsy, this is great to see. Cameron Payne didn't do a whole lot, 1 of 6. Torrey Craig, 4 of 7 from the field, that, that was nice. Uh, knocked down some threes, but that's really all you got. Just wasn't a whole lot of production. And when your big dogs are down, you need other guys to step up. I'm wondering why Langston Gallo and Eton Moore didn't get a shot. They're veterans who could have done something, you know. Right now, it seems like, you know, Jalen Smith and Javon, Javon Carter, you know, are buried at the end of the bench for Phoenix. That's fine. Dario Sarge didn't get play this game, so I'm sure it was a matchup thing. Also, Sarge just kind of sucks defensively against these Lakers bigs. But to have guys who could make shots, Langston Galloway, Eton Moore, they've been there before. They're vets. They know how to put the ball in the basket. They know composure in a playoff series. When other guys don't have it, you think that they would at least get a shot, but they didn't. And, I mean, not to say that they were the difference in winning and losing, because Langston Galloway and Etuan Moore were not the difference in this at all. Like, I don't even mean to put that out there to, to make one believe that, but I'm just saying it might have been helpful. Um, all in all, it was just not a good game for Phoenix. Didn't have good continuity uh, after the second half. The Lakers just overwhelmed them. Like I said, uh, Le- LeBron just kind of turned into a little mini showcase for himself. Uh, you know, he, he was taking the ball on the left side, uh, left corner against Jay Crowder, going between the legs, going between the legs, post up, turn, fade away, missed off the back. You know, um, Kyle Kuzma tipped it around, like, went off the Suns, he gets the ball back. At this point, in between that dead ball period, you know, Jay Crowder, you know, he's kind of smart a little bit. Don't embarrass him like that. Come on, now, he's a defender. He'd he, he been there for a minute. Come on. So he leaned on LeBron, trying to, you know, give LeBron a little bit of mess, and LeBron is laughing. And I'm like, yo, LeBron gets the ball, claps it in his hands. It's just laughing as he's getting jostled and pushed by Crowder. I'm like, yo, if LeBron is laughing when he gets the ball, like, he's about to just show it up, bro. Like, you don't want that. We've seen LeBron play with his opponents before. It's, it's showboat. I mean, if you're the opponent, you mad as hell, of course. But you don't want that. 
remember when he spun the ball in front of, um, was it Serge Ibaka? Yeah, Serge Ibaka's face a couple of years ago in the Cleveland LeBronto series. Spun it. Spun it. Spun and shot. It was like that, yo. It was like that. Anyway, LeBron gets the ball, post up. Shimmy's like he's going to do a fadeaway to the right. Shimmy's again like going to do a fadeaway to the right. Shimmy goes baseline, reverses another basket. It's like, yo. Like I said, healthy as he's looked all series, he had a lot more aggression driving to the basket. Um, he still isn't getting up with his typical elevation, but still. Uh, 9-19 from the field, 1-5 from 3, doesn't look super great. 15.6 rebounds, 9 assists, still touching, you know, all facets of the game as LeBron is wont to do. But if you watched him, you could tell that he looked a little bit better, and that was encouraging to see. Uh, Andre Drummond, 6 points, 11 boards. I'm glad that Marcus Gasol's been freed from the confines of the bench. 3.3 boards, 2 assists, don't look that crazy, but what he done the defensive end, he had a, a nice steal on a Cameron Payne, he knocked down a 3 off LeBron, like, the stuff he provides, it's, it's just the quintessential Marcus Gasol, you know, it's not something that's going to look super great on the stat sheet, but it's effective, and it helps the team win. You know, Kyle Kuzma, man, that dude needs to stop shooting, I'm with it, in terms of you know, trying to work your way out of a slump, and he also had 10 boards, and that was helpful, 3 assists, that's nice as well, but in a playoff game that was closer toward the end, you know, and had his moments, you don't need a guy shooting 2 for 12 from the field, 2 for 8 from 3. I get it, but I don't. Like, you're not that kind of guy. It's not like you're a LeBron or AD, we gotta shoot you at the slump. I am sort of online with that, but come on now. That's just ridiculous. Leslie Matthews hit some big threes. Dennis Schroeder played well, 20 points, 4 assists, uh, got to the basket pretty well. 6 of them from the field overall. Contavious Caldwell-Pope did leave with the right quad contusion after 25 minutes of play. He still is not shooting the ball super great and missed both his threes on the night. Um, but played pretty good defense on Devin Booker, who, again, he kind of helped harass him into the horrible shooting performance that he had. And that was key. But I, I don't know. Moving forward, I mean, Phoenix has to bounce back. They didn't just lose. They got embarrassed. You know? You don't want that. Then you retaliate in the most Bush League and juvenile fashion get ejected, that doesn't look good, Monty Williams is sure to have a talk with them, hopefully Chris Paul, again, he had some treatment on his shoulder, you could see some suction cups, obviously, to get the blood flowing over in that shoulder area, you know, hopefully he gets some more treatment, he looks more healthier, he looked better in game three than game two, so, again, I, I've said hopefully like four times, but again, hopefully, he can look even better come game four, uh, and we'll see how he turns out, but Chris Paul's going to be the key to this, because Devin Booker, I mean, he's playing a little bit more like this in his first playoff series, it sucks to have to be against the Buzzsaw Lakers team, but Say la vie. You know, <laughs> it is what it is. So that that's something. Speaking of something, Miami Heat, they're something. What if I told you, you know, Miami Heat, NBA Finals uh, participants the year before, staring 0-3 right in the face at home in Miami against Milwaukee. Are they going to show some fight? Are they going to bounce back, give it all they got? Gritty effort, Heat basketball? Is that what we're going to see from them? Or are they going to roll over? Let Milwaukee run just right over them. Maybe win by 20. Maybe even maybe even 30. How about 29? <laughs> How about 29? Miami Heat <laughs> lost to the Bucks. The Bucks just cruised past them like a knife through hot butter. No real resistance. Uh, they secured a 3-0 series lead. I think the series ends in Game 4 in Miami. 113-84 was the final score. And honestly, y'all, it was pretty pedestrian. It really was. You had six players in double figures for the Bucks, led by 22 for Chris Middleton on 50% shooting. Giannis, 17 points, 17 rebounds, 5 assists. Brooke Lopez had 13 points and 5 boards. 
Drew Holiday, 19 points and 12 assists, second straight double-digit assist game. Bryn Forbes had 11. Bobby Portis had 11. I mean, come on out. Like, like they just roared past them. The Heat went down meekly with only two players in double figures. Oh, oh my fault. Three. Uh, one was largely in garbage time. That was Nemanja Bielitsa, who racked up 14 points. Not bad. Three of five from three. Uh, Jimmy Butler in 38 minutes, 19 points on 41% shooting. He knocked down two threes, so that's great. <laughs> Eight rebounds and six assists for him. Bam out of bio, 17 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, 7 of 14 from the field. And honestly, as efficient that looks, he was taking the most dumb, sh- dumbest shots to begin with. A couple long jumpers, a couple fadeaways. Like, I get it now. You're being more assertive offensively, and that's great to see after the last couple of games. But try to go to the basket, maybe? You know, shaking a, a fadeaway shot like you, the Dream, or Patrick Ewing or something. You know, not that good a jump shooter. And, yeah, they're conceding it to you, but have you ever thought about why? <laughs> like, have you considered why they're doing that? Surely Adebayo didn't, because that's what happened, but ultimately, I guess the numbers look okay, but you could tell. Just watch the game. Goran Dragic, man, this has been such a hard postseason for him. Such an uneven year for him, really. Uh, 3 of 14 from the field, 2 of 6 from 3. Uh, just a, a sad 4 points and 2 assists. Tyler Hero, yeah, remember when the Heat didn't want to trade Tyler Hero for James Harden? <laughs> Those were the days, weren't they? Tyler Hero was a stud. You know, remember that sneer and all that? Yeah, 4 of 10 from the field, 1 of 5 from 3, 9 points. 24 minutes. Honestly, that's really all they wrote. Trevor Reza gave you 18 minutes of nothing. <laughs> Duncan Robinson didn't make a three, so why is Duncan out there, right? Uh, Andre Gadala, nothing. Kendrick Nunn, nothing. Garbage time. No, I believe already mentioned. That was literally it. Like, you could have, might as well put Casey uh, Apala, uh, Udonis Haslam, and Max Strutz out there because there was nothing else being given to you by the rest of these players. They shot a combined 37% from the field, 28% from three. The best thing they did was get to the free throw line. They were 84% from there, and they were only 11-13 at that. They didn't get to the rim. They didn't make any of their shots close, mid, or long range. Didn't play team basketball, and are more than likely about to see be shown the door. And honestly, good rinse for Miami. I just, I don't know. I, I, I'm not even saying that out of any real feelings for them. I could care less. I mean, it's been a weird year for them. You could look back in their offseason, you know, wonder why you let Jay Crowder go, wonder why things went the way they did, you know. In terms of you know, going all out for, I mean, you made the right decision going out for Giannis, and you end up, you know, not doing that, locking up Bam long term. It's just been a weird year for them, and maybe it's a year of transition. You know, Jim Butler, I don't know. Postseason's been kind of weird for him. He's only getting older. Bam and Abayo, are you gonna kind of turn this team more to him? You're kind of locked in at this core for a little bit now. So what do you do? You have some real thoughts coming up with Duncan Robinson and and, and Tyler Hero. What happens there? Goran Dragic did not look super great. Got some free agents as well. I mean, Andre Dahl is not a major one, but you know, it, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Actually, I think Andre's into next year, isn't he? I gotta look into that now. Just live uh, research here. I apologize, but I want to see if Andre Dahl's contract runs through 2022. Yes, it does. Okay, so don't worry about that. But point being, it's just it, it's 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 a problem. It's a problem. I don't know. It's, um, what's wrong with Miami? We'll probably have to break them down later. We'll get into that in the future offseason preview. Trust me, we'll be going right into that pretty soon. I have a very strong feeling this time next week, Miami is bye bye. <laughs> yeah, just totally. So we'll look into that. But, um, yeah, Milwaukee showed them the door. Uh, and then our final game, which just ended, Denver beat Portland 121 15. Honestly, it was like I had said at the onset in our playoff preview with um with my good buddy from uh, Cavs Central Pot, Justin Matcham. Basically, 
you know, the Nuggets are going to have a hard time stopping Dame. It's obvious, but the Blazers are going to have a hard time stopping anybody. <laughs> like, it literally just comes down to that. You have a hard time stopping one of our key players, and you have a hard time stopping anybody on the team. So it went down, as it usually has recently, boiled down to a battle between Damian Lillard and Nikola Jokic. And Nikola Jokic, just a pristine box score, just pristine. 36 points, 52% from the field, four three-pointers, 100% from the free throw line, 10 rebounds, five assists, beautiful, beautiful, just beautiful score, box score, just wonderful, wonderful. You know, Damian Lillard was a little more rocky, but 37 points, great, five assists, awesome. Two rebounds. 48% from the field, okay, 31% from three, eh, I don't know, if you're not shooting that great from three, maybe you shouldn't take 16 of them bad boys, 5 of 16 is not a good look, Dame, it's just not, but then again, you look up in the side for Norman Powell, who, you know, only two of six from three, but I watched, like, three of his misses from three, and they were all terrible, but he had 18 points, four rebounds, two assists, that was really it, Yusef Nurkic gave you 13 points and 13 rebounds, six assists as well, Robert Covington, three of nine, CJ McCollum, eight of 20, Carmelo Anthony, 5 of 12. You know, you weren't getting a lot of help from those guys, which is why 31 points was able to go, or 31 shot attempts was able to go to Damian Lillard. All in all, I mean, 31% from three compared to 52% from three, is it going to do it? And the Nuggets were, were good. It wasn't just Nikola Jokic, although he obviously was the key guy. You had four other players in double digits. Michael Porter Jr. had 15, but Austin Rivers, baby, Austin Rivers, 50% shooting. Four rebounds, two assists, 21 points. Like I said, Porter Jr. with 15, five rebounds. Aaron Gordon, 13 points, four rebounds, three assists, two of those nice big-to-big passes with Nikola Jokic. Facundo Campazzo, 11 points, eight assists, eight rebounds. Just an annoying pest, and I say that in the best way possible. Just making things tough. And making shots. Off the bench, Michael Green, Monte Moore's eight points apiece. I mean... It was balanced, and this is what I was kind of worried about when it came to Denver-Portland. Because, again, Portland's defense is just paper-thin. Just wafer-thin. Take a paper, take a potato chip, and put some water on that bad boy, and watch what happens. That would be stronger than Portland's defense. <laughs> That's how I look at that. I'm not even, I'm, this is just in general, no. So, rough game for them. Uh, now they're down 2-1, and that kind of ends the slate of games. Like I said, Milwaukee, 3-0 over Miami. Lakers lead 2-1 over Phoenix. Denver leads 2-1 over Portland. Tonight's games, it's got ESPN got a fun slate, even though they still double-book games for the stupidest reasons. But at least this is a lot more clear in terms of what I'll be watching. So at 7 p.m. Eastern, you have the Knicks and the Hawks. Tough game, series tied 1-1, game three in the A, as uh, Trey Young said. So that'll be encouraging to see, just in terms of entertainment standpoint. You know, will Julius Randle get going a little bit more? He's had two horrible games in the Garden. You know, Trey Young's been just on fire. The Knicks have struggled to stop him. Will role players step up now with that good old home cooking? You know how role players play at home, right? What's going to happen there? How will the Knicks' defense travel in the playoffs against this team? I'm curious. Then at 8.30, you have Brooklyn and Boston. Whatever. Brooklyn's going to win that 3-0. I'm already calling it. I mean, Boston's just hampered. You know, maybe the home crowd is, is, is loud. Maybe there's a little bit of a subplot there where... You know, Kyrie said that he hopes that the Boston crowd isn't um, saying anything racist or, or crossing the line. Um, and when asked, uh, Danny Ainge said he had not 
been like, associated with that or hearing that in 26 years, you know, around the Celtics, which is complete and utter BS because you ask literally anyone else who's either played for the Celtics or played against the Celtics and they say they've heard something either to themselves or to their family members. But that's besides the point. Because Danny H obviously had to just, he didn't have to lie, but he did. That being said, Brooklyn is just what they were in game one, which is just what they were before. They're better than Boston. They're deeper than Boston. Their offense is more electric than Boston. Boston is injured. Boston is hampered. And that is the story of the series. That's not going to change in Game 3. Last but not least, at 9.30, you have the Clippers versus the Mavericks on ESPN. That should be fun. I'm kind of encouraged for that. should be fun because I almost expect a Clippers roar back to make this series two games to one in a blow victory over the Mavericks. But the Mavericks are at home. They've shot great. And this is the Clippers. Not only has the defense been atrocious, but again, this is the Clippers. So do you really expect that? I don't know, and that's going to make it fun. But that's the last game to kind of close out the nightcap. And I'm, I'm I'm, telling you, it's been a good slate of games. You get like one dud in there, but so far, you know, we've had enough decent basketball in these playoff series to really keep a guy engaged. I'm really happy about that. Happy birthdays. Got to say happy birthday to Jerry West. The logo, yes, sir. Laker great. Hall of Famer, 14-time All-Star, 12-time All-NBA. He was the MVP in 1972. Also the NBA champ then. Five-time All-Defensive Player of the Year. I mean, I can go on and on with this guy. Zeke from Cabin Creek, which I always thought was an underrated nickname. Mr. Clutch. Already mentioned the logo. He's 83 years old. Drafted with the second overall pick from the Los Angeles Lakers back in 1960. 1960, jeez. I'm just saying, that's what, 56 years ago? Yikes. Crazy, but living legend. So, happy birthday to Jerry West. Also, DeAnthony Melton, yep. Young guy, swing man, point guard, shooting guard for the Memphis Grizzlies in the playoffs right now. He is 23. Only a couple years in the NBA so far. Really like the way he's improved his three-point stroke. Uh, Remember, he came in shooting 30% from the field in Phoenix. Then he dipped down even further to 28%, but then he raised it up to a robust 41% while taking four threes a game. So some serious improvement there. Uh, career highs across the board, uh, at least in points and rebounds. Slightly dip in assist, but just playing well. Young guy, plenty of room to grow. And in this young Memphis team that is now tied uh, with the Utah Jazz, hopefully we'll see more for him in the future. It's crazy to believe he was on the Suns. Imagine if he had just kind of kept developing over there. Whack to consider. But he is another one. Um, it's weird. I, I forget the whole Dylan Brooks, um, Marshawn Brooks trade, but I feel like he was part of that. But no, no, he was part of the um, with Josh Jackson trade, the Josh Jackson trade with Phoenix. That got Javon Carter and others over there. Yes, yeah, so that's where he was from. Had to remember. It took me a minute. Uh, Glenn Rice, uh, three-time All-Star, two, NBA champ with the Lakers, two-time All-NBA. Uh, he is now... 54, so happy birthday to him. Uh, career average is about 18 points, four rebounds, two assists. One of the, the key big-time three-point shooters over his career. He shot 40% from three on just under four attempts a game uh, across Miami, Charlotte, the Lakers. That was really the more important part of his career. The back half of Houston, New York, and the Clippers kind of just literally flew by. But happy birthday to him. And, yeah, that's it. Uh, the late, great Armin Gilliam uh, passed away at 47, but this would be his birth day as well and that's it for the birthdays for the nba uh like to cover that i think it's a lot of fun to look back and kind of see some history oh wait a second shout out to othello hunter and if you're wondering who othello hunter was uh he came he saw he dipped uh 
He was a, a kind of young big man, power forward, small forward type guy. Played with Atlanta in 2009, 2010. Didn't do a whole lot of note, but I looked him up and I had him written down, so I had to bring him up. 23 games, but guess what, sir? 23 games in where? The NBA. And what segment is this? NBA birthday. So he most definitely counts. All right, y'all. Well, that just about does it here for this episode of Round Ball Ramble. Appreciate y'all hanging with me. You know where to find me on Twitter, at CorbinNBA. Make sure to check out HoopBall online hoop-ball.com or on twitter at hoop ball tweets uh again we're partnering with the great folks at manscaped so it's a lot more 3.0 season and i have one i'm looking at it right now uh and it's really good it's really good i have the box i kept the box because i thought it was just so, so dope but um use promo code hoop ball 20 h-o-o-p-b-a-l-l-2-0 to get 20 percent of your order and free shipping again hoop ball 20 h-o-o-p-b-a-l-l-2-0 to get 20 percent of your order plus free shipping and with that I am frosty y'all. Y'all stay frosty y'all and I'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> Bye, This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.